most of us have our hands full. And too many times our finances, health, and homes don't get the attention they deserve. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can reset your habits and simplify things around the house with your health and your finances so that you can have some big wins this year. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. For multiple reasons, 2020 was a challenging year. Even if you weren't directly affected by the pandemic or the financial fallout from it, chances are you were impacted by the things that were going on. If you are a parent, you had another layer on top of that. You had to not only work from home and stay productive, but make sure that your kids were doing well with remote learning. But we've made it. It's a new year. Many times people use this as motivation to change and pivot the direction they're going with. One of the best ways you can do that is by shifting your habits. It may seem like too small of a thing to really make an impact, but we found out from personal experience and talking with other families that that's made all the difference. By having better habits and having systems in place, it made it much easier to hit the goals that we had and they had. So we're starting off this season of the podcast by focusing on that. How do we shift things with our habits? How do we create these systems? I'm glad that Peter Polson from Tiller is here to talk about building better habits. We're going to be focusing on financial habits, but we're also going to be covering some other topics today. We're going to be discussing how to choose the best goals for you and your family, and then how to break things down and build up a system that will help you hit your goals faster. Are you ready? Let's get started. Twenty twenty was the most unexpected year, and with that behind us, I think everyone wants to use this as a chance to get a fresh start, a different start. We don't know what we can control. I think that was a big lesson from twenty twenty was mm-hmm. that there is a lot we can't control, but there are those things we can. And flipping the page to a new year is a good chance for us all to dig into those things we can control. It's interesting that you're mentioning things outside of our control because you look at what people have for goals and typically the top three goals are talking about paying off debt, saving more, and getting a budget that actually works for them. I was reviewing And for 2020, what people had for the past year when they started the year off as goals and money came up several times on that list. Number two was saving more. And then number seven, I thought this was interesting, not just have a budget, but actually this year to stick to the budget. I mean, who would have thought that would be so hard? I mean, raise your hand, anyone, if 2020 played out according to your budget right? Actually, for, there are some people for whom 2020 turned out to be, had certainly some wins. For many people, it had some losses. I don't think for anyone did it play out as expected. I know for us, we definitely, I could say, while we tried to focus on the positive, and there are definitely some wins, 
there's also dealing on the personal side with everything that was going on. I wanted to talk to you because people make goals and it looks like they don't quite keep them. We're all guilty of this. We start off high hopes that things are going to go well. But I was looking several numbers and it seems to be consistently these surveys are saying less than 10% of people actually hit their goals. This is just my perspective talking with my community and I'd love to get your feedback on this. I think part of it is relying solely on willpower. I've noticed for us, one of them was we had to set up a system personally, not just we wanted to save more, we actually had to put a plan into place. Have you ever seen some hurdles that families have with actually keeping their goals, either with your work at Tiller or personally? I love New Year's because it is this sort of fresh perspective that we have. It's a chance Mm -hmm. to to set those goals. But to your point, sometimes we get a little ambitious with our Mm -hmm. goals and it is easy to say, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna fix everything. I'm going to, all those house projects, all my work ambitions, my financial goals, put it out on the sheet of paper and I'm just gonna tackle it all. And actually I would say, that's great. Like write it all down, that's fantastic. I think the thing that can help so much is if we make progress, as we speak about finances, one of the things we talk about here is this keystone habit. We actually have a blog called Forget Resolutions, Make This One Financial Habit Instead. One of the things that it, it focuses on, let's track, let's see, mm-hmm. let's pay attention to where our money is coming and going. We can ladder up from there. We can build budgets, we can set goals, we can do so much from there. But that fundamental habit Mm -hmm. of tracking and seeing where our money is coming and going. I think a lot of people have a pretty good sense of where their money is coming from, even if you have a variable income. Very few people, unless they have that habit, very few people, dare I say no one without that habit, (laughs) knows where their money is going. So laddering up everything else is really hard. When we're doing well Mm -hmm. in our family, with my wife, Shannon, what that means is that we are in our finances a few times a week, just paying attention. What are the transactions? We're talking about it once a week together. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that could be a short conversation. That can be a long conversation, but we're having that conversation once a week. So maybe we've blown a budget one month, or maybe there's Mm -hmm. an expense that's actually really important that wasn't planned. And we're like, that's really important. So we're going to make it. And funny that we didn't even think about it when we set the budget. All that's okay if we're tracking. But that feeling of coming to the end of the month and it's like, whoa, how did I spend that much on the credit card? How do we make this work? Having that surprise at the Mm -hmm. end of the month, that's tough. That's just going to set anyone back. It's going to make it harder to reach any goal. It's going to make it, it, frankly, you're just going to want to tune it out. I agree with you. And I think it's interesting you bring up habits and how important they are. I know we're talking about financial habits, but really with a lot of goals, that people have for the year with their health, taking care of themselves, taking care of their family. The building block seems to be habits. How can you develop those keystone habits that kind of snowball into more positive things? One of the things I had planned on 2020 since we were staying home more was, you know what? Well, that extra time that I'm not driving around taking care of things, I can use that for exercise. Then it was a matter of, okay, how do I make this easy for me to do? which is laying out the clothes ahead of time and doing it first thing in the morning. You mentioned 
with the foundation of a budget is that habit of keeping tabs on it. I know at Tiller just makes everything automatic, pulling it into the spreadsheets. Why do you check pretty often? Some people feel like, do I need to check that often? How did you guys figure out for you what was the best habit or frequency of doing that? Honestly, keep it simple. Mm -hmm. A lot of habits are easiest if you do them daily. The thing about checking in on your spending, and again, my world is built around our tiller, my financial habit there is built around our tiller money spreadsheet in our family. So every day, see the new transactions. There might be two transactions from yesterday. There might be none. There might be 10, depending on the day. And yeah. that's a really, really quick snap, snap, and we're done. It doesn't have to take much time. But if we tell ourselves, okay, I'm going to do it on the third day, like that becomes a really hard habit to figure out and to, mm -hmm. to remember. So a daily habit. And just like you said, if you if you set things out, maybe it's a mm -hmm. sticky on your laptop and it's like, okay, when I open my laptop in the morning, I'm just going to check my tiller money sheet and mm -hmm. just see what's there. Boom, boom, boom. Categorize a few things. Maybe I've set up AutoCAD with my own rules and it's running. Maybe there's not even anything to categorize. Just going to take a look. And that's going to build this awareness and everything else is easier. Yeah, I would say a daily habit. Telling someone, I want you to floss on Tuesday and Friday, uh, <laughs> you're not going to get much traction. Yeah. Say floss every day, mm -hmm. it, probably flossing, it benefits to do it every day. But even if it didn't, I'd say do it every day because it's a heck of a yeah. lot easier to remember after I'm done brushing, I floss. So find that metronome in your day. And it's after I do this, after I open my laptop or when I make my coffee I, or something, when I'm on lunch break, first thing I'm going to check my tiller money sheet and just see that everything's in order. Some days that may take 30 seconds. Some days it might be like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, okay, it's the end of the month. Or, oh yeah, I had that question. I wonder if we tried to do this next month, how would that work out? So some days you may spend 10 or 15 minutes in it. Yeah. Other days it literally could be 30 seconds. Do it every day. It's an easy habit. Find the reminder that helps you to get in there every day. It's going to change your relationship with your money and your spending. It's going to give you an awareness that you haven't had before. and you're going to feel empowered. I definitely agree with that. We have two kids. We have work. So our day is pretty filled and it's so yeah. easy to forget, oh yeah, I did spend here or I did spend there. Right. Writing about personal finance, podcasting about personal finance yes. is a part of our lives, but we also have to have a look at our spreadsheet just to make sure. And it's like, oh, yep, we spent over here. That's why the balance right. is us because it just goes so quickly and yes. so easily. So I love that you have that as an essential habit. Families, they're planning for the year yes. and those two big ones, paying down debt and saving more. What are some habits that you would give as first steps for a couple or a family that's looking to start tackling those goals? That's a really good question. So the couple dynamic mm -hmm. is an interesting one, right? We're talking couples <laughs> and money. I actually think it's your secret weapon, but you've got to figure out how to how to get there. And mm -hmm. the challenge is it, money can be tough for couples. It can be amazing because you have your buddy, your accountability partner, your sort of co-conspirator to sort of get through this. That's where you want to get. So mm -hmm. first step is a conversation around goals. And your goals aren't going to necessarily be the same, but pick a few goals that are the same. Why are we doing this? Maybe it is Let's make some progress this year on paying down some debt. Maybe it's, hey, we when this whole pandemic clears, we really need that family vacation. Let's make sure we have that saved 
for so yeah. we can do that. Or fill in the blank, the emergency fund, you tell me, pick a few goals. Those are your, those are your North Star. Those are the reason why you're working on this together. And again, that doesn't mean you're perfectly aligned in everything, but there, mm -hmm. there are going to be a few goals you share, and that's going to be the glue to help pull you guys, uh, you two together as a couple to do this. And also I would say figuring out your roles. And in most couples, we see the nature of our solution is it's highly collaborative because mm -hmm. we have a lot of customers. Google Sheets especially is collaborative, although Microsoft Excel is as well too. We have a lot of our customers where one half of the couple is in the sheet a lot. The other half of the <laughs> couple still has access to the sheet. So there's some visibility and there's awareness because they can both take a look. One of them may be doing the tracking, categorizing, maybe mm -hmm. building out a plan. The other is just checking in, but you can share that together. The collaborative nature is really helpful. So figure out your roles. Maybe you both want to roll up your sleeves and be in it, or maybe one of you wants to be the, the one who's rolled up your sleeves and the other is just checking in. Yeah. We've talked about those goals. Maybe it's saving, saving mm -hmm. for a vacation yeah. or, or paying off debt. I speak about our tools, but this is really generic to a lot of other ways you could do. You don't have to use tiller money to do this, but we have templates that work with our spreadsheets around debt and around savings. You don't need a template. Maybe it's payments towards that debt that you're tracking and like, mm -hmm. what can we do this month with an extra payment towards that debt? Or maybe you're just saving in a separate account and what can we do this month to transfer a little extra money to that? And to get there, budgeting is really key. Some people have an aversion to budgeting and I get that. Some people think, you know, this is my money. I don't want my budget telling me what to do. And that's okay. But think of it, it's your tool. It's your way to track your money. Your first month's budget is going to be a really hard one because if you haven't budgeted before, you're not going to necessarily have very accurate estimates for the different budget items. You may think your groceries are going to be X and your utilities are going to be Y and it could be really off. That's okay because you've mm -hmm. actually in that first month, you've learned something. And so what I recommend is once you're ready to move beyond tracking a full month's worth of income and expenses, and mm -hmm. if you've signed up today for a, our service or a service like ours, you're going to have all that data. So look yeah. at a, um, historically a full month, come up with some rough budget numbers based on that. It's the beginning of the year. It's the beginning of the month. It's a really good time to do, to say, okay, what do we think we are going to be spending this month? Let's put those down. And then based on that, we think there's a little left over for our goal. Our goals may also be like, hey, we're right now because of the pandemic, we're without some income. So we're living off of our emergency fund or we're maybe mm -hmm. racking up more debt. Maybe our goal is to manage our expenses. So we're not mm -hmm. growing our debt as quickly. That's a reasonable goal for some in this unusual time. So figure out that goal. And now you're going to go through the month. You're going to see how you compare against your budget. You're going to see if you have something left over to save or to pay down that debt and be easy on yourself, right? At the end of the month, you're going to say, okay, wow, these were the surprises. This is what we didn't expect. I guarantee if you do that, the following month is going to be better. You're going to be better at budgeting. You're going to be better at figuring out what's actually the realistic progress you can make towards your goal. And so do it again. Yep. It doesn't need to be hard. And I know each month's going to be better because you're going to, you're going to have more experience and starting from zero. If you've never tracked your numbers are going to be way off, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. So just cut yourself some slack, remind yourself of the common goals that you have as a couple mm -hmm. and use that 
to guide your way. Absolutely. And I love how you mentioned giving ourselves some slack. I know some people feel like they should be completely ambitious. I mean, you have this energy, you want to do this. And it's really about acknowledging where are we, you know, currently with our finances or just, you know, with our work schedule, what can we handle? Take it one step at a time. I love that too, because even if you do step one, which is being aware of where your money is going for January. Like that's the challenge we're doing in our community. Let's set up your budget just to track it and see where is the money going. That way you can have a baseline. That can be powerful. Next month, you improve 5%. Next month, you improve 5%. End of the year, that's a significant change and you've built something that's sustainable. We've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, but especially now when people are really looking to make some progress with their finances is, you know, as you're having these wins, you definitely open up more options. I know for us, paying off debt gave me a certain amount of freedom to be able to work from home. And then when we had the savings, I felt a little more confident. Now I could work around my kid's schedule. But for you, as you're making these improvements, you're having these financial wins, what opportunities have you noticed with you and your family because you're making this progress? Right, that's a good question, yeah. So for us, one of the outcomes of that for us, Mm -hmm. we live in a small community. One of the things that we discussed some years ago was that in our small community, one of the big needs was we didn't really have a community gathering place. My wife is a writer and speaker, but she can't have enough books. And so for her, she really was looking at the library and thinking, we really need a 21st century library in our community. It was this sort of, we'd over dinner, over many nights, a few years ago, we'd talk about this dream and both nod and my wife had a ton of passion for it. At some point she realized if this is going to happen, like this could be a game changer for all ages, especially Mm -hmm. the youth in our community. We have a very economically diverse community, but also for everyone to have a, a, a gathering spot, a place where people can learn a place to celebrate knowledge, a place to provide opportunity. So anyway, Mm -hmm. long story short, we realized this was going to be a priority for us. And that manifested in a few ways that would never have been possible if we hadn't had some conversations already and some practice around our finances. One is we decided this was something that we personally wanted to commit to financially. The big audacious goal was let's build a library. So we wanted to commit to that personally. Second is my wife wanted to create a friends of the library board and raise the funds and actually see if this could happen. So she shrunk down her work, which had impacts on our income. Recently, they broke ground on this new library. And that's something that she has given generously of her time. We've given Mm -hmm. as a family. And that's something that's been really rewarding. When we think about those things, like how are we spending our time and how are we spending our money? That's been really meaningful for us. And so having a handle on our finances has made that possible. That to me, I think at the end of the day, when we Mm -hmm. think about how we have spent this portion of our lives, both of us have meaningful work we love, but this side project, I think will be something that we're really proud of, that we were able to to do. I guess proud is probably the wrong word, but it it feels like a meaningful contribution. Yeah. So I think that's been a huge win for us. I hear it in all so many different ways from our customers. And just a story that I love to tell as a woman who wrote in and she talked about they had a newborn and she was using tiller money to figure out how she could give up her income and they could live off her husband's income so she could be at home with the child. 
if you look in our community, there's so many stories like this, but that's a deliberate choice. And for them, that was what they chose to do. Different couples can choose so many mm -hmm. different things with where they spend their time and their money. But at the end of the day, to feel like we chose to spend our time and our money in a certain way, and we realized that at least some of that is a huge win. And that's what I want for everyone. I love that. We're definitely like a family that before the pandemic, like weekly, we'd be at the library. Fun, yeah. all the, the crafts and right. projects that are available. So I personally like really love that story. But more importantly, you and I are aligned in that we want other families to have some financial wins. I'm doing this money challenge with getting people aware with their budget, but you at, over at Tiller, you guys are doing a 30 days of financial wins challenge. What is that about? How is it working and how can people join it? Absolutely. So we're kicking off at the start of the new year and you can go there now and sign up. It's live. <laughs> it's a 30 day financial wins challenge. And it really aligns with what you're doing with your listeners. We recognize that we need to help people build habits to start the year. Our service has a 30-day free trial. We wanted to offer this challenge and this wins that fits within that free trial. And it's all about getting your finances in one place, building some habits around tracking, setting your first budget. Really excited. It's an awesome course. It's awesome content. And I'm gonna be in there posting and sharing our wins. I'm gonna be doing it alongside everyone else. I am doing it. And so if this is a fit with some of your listeners, we'd love to have you come to our site, sign up for the challenge and join in. Let's see how we can help you with your win getting started on the right foot. I really enjoyed my discussion with Peter. Even though our focus there was about improving your finances, there are a lot of key points that you can use in other areas of your life. Developing habits is absolutely important to that. But before we get into how you can do it, let's talk a bit more. What is a habit? How would you define it? In essence, a habit is something that you almost do automatically. If you had to break it down, there are three key components to it. There's your cue, there's a routine, and there's your reward. I admit, that might sound a little bit dry and boring, but when you understand how these work together, then it's easier to make changes. Now, you might feel like it's impossible to change your habits, or it's almost impossible but that's not the case. You already are a habit-forming machine. New York Times reporter Charles Duhigg studied the neuroscience and psychological research behind our routines in his book, The Power of Habit. He cited a study that was done at Duke University, and researchers there found that over 40% of the activities we do on a daily basis is a habit. If you think about your mornings, before the pandemic, if you were going to the office, you probably had a set pattern or schedule and some of it almost felt automated. Your commute, for example, you may have gaps because you do the same commute to the location. It's automated in your brain. And during the pandemic, if you were working from home, you probably had to recreate a new routine to fit your new normal and to continue working and be productive. So it is possible to change and adjust your habits based on your goals and your circumstances. How do you do that? So let's go back to those three parts, the cue, the routine, and the reward. 
Your cue is your trigger for the behavior we're talking about. It could be a time. For example, your alarm clock telling you at a certain time you got to get up and start the routine. It could be the location. When you're at the office and you log on, the first thing you do is you check your email. It could also be the presence of certain people. It could be emotions, how you feel, or it can be actions that you've taken before. Most times we're not immediately aware of what our cue is, but if you pay attention as you're doing the routine, you'll start seeing that there are certain things that kind of clue you in and get you started in that habit. So pay attention the next time you're trying to change a habit and see what is the thing that triggers you to do that habit. The next part is the routine, which is your actual habit. Maybe at the beginning of the day, go to the home or your regular office and you log in and you immediately go to email. You might want to change the routine. When you sit down, instead of emails, you sit down and write out the most important tasks that you need to accomplish for work that day and have that by the desk so that you know that that is the must do for the day and that you put that first. The last thing that you can manipulate is the reward. For example, you're talking about snacks, swapping out the snacks, that reward of you feel good, you're taking a break, you're relaxing, but instead of having that processed food, you pick some fresh fruits, apple and peanut butter or whatever you like. You're still enjoying that break, maybe talking with someone and catching up, but you're not having unnecessary calories added to your diet. Those are a few ways. But really nailing down those three key points can make it so much easier. And just focusing one at a time absolutely makes a huge difference. This can sound a little bit hard to wrap your head around because we're just talking about cues, rewards, and habits. Let's look at some goals that people have or areas in their life that they want to improve. And we can break that down into habits and goals that they can pick up. Let's talk about health. Maybe you want to get healthier this year. What does that look like? You can have several different goals. Maybe you're looking specifically at weight. Maybe you don't feel as strong as you used to or athletic. Let's break that down into different areas and see what goals can be there and what habits we can pick up. It could be a matter of exercising more. It could be making better choices with your meals and snacks throughout the day or it could be something like drinking more water. Since we talked about finances, let's dive into that again. You want to have a better understanding of how your money works. So you start tracking your money. Maybe you're looking to pay down your debt or you're saving for a specific goal like a house or for your kid's college or whatever it is. You have to develop this habit of paying yourself first. As you can see, there's different ways that you can break down your goals not just with finances, but you look at your health, your wellness, your family, and around the house. Now, a challenge that people have is they want to fix it all. Maybe I've listed several goals that you want to achieve. One of the best ways you can avoid burnout is by choosing and focusing one to two goals at a time. Once you get those habits into place, then you can move on to the next. That's one of the reasons I think why systems like the baby steps with your finances is so helpful for many is that it gives you one goal at a time to focus on. As you hit it, then you can move on. You've had a win. You feel good about that and you progress forward. 
So then how do you figure out which goal or which habit is right for you? I had mentioned to Peter that one of the goals I had during our time at home was exercising more. I wanted to make this as easy as possible. The cue is the clothes right there where I can slip into them, get started my workout first thing in the morning, and I can do my regular routine. And that's made a huge difference for me. We're looking for these keystone habits that can kind of create this domino effect. Look for a small habit that you can do that can have a significant impact on your goals. For example, you want to save up for a house down the line. What's one of the best ways you could do that? Paying yourself first could be a great key move. Making sure that at the beginning of the month, once your check is deposited, there's an automatic transfer for a certain amount that goes into savings for that goal. Let's talk about health. One of the easiest ways you can do that, even before you shift your habits, is by tracking your meals and snacks. We mentioned the power of tracking your money when I was chatting with Peter because it brings this awareness. Tracking your habits currently can be a great first habit to develop. With your health, when you look at the meals that you're actually eating and the snacks you're having and the amount of them, you may have some motivation right there to say, you know what, I don't need to snack as much or maybe I can swap out. Tracking your finances, your meals and snacks, or even your schedule can be a fantastic habit. This segment is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. If you wanna live better, you got to bank better. Find out how at bankbetter.org. To help you hit your goals, today I want to focus on not just a couple key takeaways, but on a monthly money challenge for you. Now, we've talked about keystone habits and setting things in place so you're moving in the right direction. So I thought the best way to start off this year is to focus on tracking your money, both on the income side and on the expenses. Look, 2020 did a number on us. So if we're going to pivot towards these new goals that we have, we should get a good idea of what our baseline is. Where is our money coming from and where is it going? Moving forward, we can start making adjustments in the right direction. There's several ways that you can do this. There's some great options out there with apps. A few that I want to mention include Tiller, which we had Peter over. They're doing that financial wins challenge definitely want to join in on that. If you're looking for a community, I think that's great. We also have personal capital and mint. And if you're a couple that's looking for ways to sync up and talk about your finances, there are apps that are specifically designed for that. Zeta and HoneyFi can help you to get on the same page with your finances. Maybe you don't want to use an app. Spreadsheets can be incredibly helpful. There are some great Google Sheet and Excel templates. If you want, I do have on my site my own 50, 20, 30 budget template that you can use and adjust as you see fit. It's more important that you have a tool that fits you and your style because if you're consistent, that's when you're going to start having the wins. And a key takeaway I want to focus on are your money dates. This year, let's make them into a habit if you haven't already and make them fun. This first month, We're talking about tracking your money. Just set it up. Don't talk about the numbers necessarily, but instead focus. What are the key areas with our finances, around the house, 
with ourselves, our health, our family that we want to hit. See which ones you can agree on, sync up on that, and start tracking your progress. As always, if you want to chat with me in our Facebook group, Thriving Families, please sign up and join. It's free. We're a private Facebook community that's focused on helping each other with our family and financial goals. We'd love to see you there. Special thanks to Peter for being a part of this episode. There is still time if you want to join up Tiller's 30 Days to Financial Wins Challenge. It's a great way to join a community and start tracking your money. And they do offer a 30-day free trial. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash Tiller. And next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about dumping debt. It is one of the most popular goals that couples and families have. But how do you find the best method for you? We're going to be comparing different ways that you can tackle your debt and how to speed up the process. You don't want to miss out on that episode. So please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure that you get all the episodes as soon as they're released. Our theme song and music in this episode was provided by different artists from audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. I'm excited about this new direction with the podcast, and I want you to be a part of this season. So if you have any questions, whether you're dealing with family or finances, please send them in. I want this year to be your best year ever. I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care.